0: We're going to be dealing with four cases today. Uh, first, a continuation of one yesterday, a halusa uh, who then uh, decides to remarry uh, after the chalitza. Then yibum, uh, someone does yibum, another brother takes uh, the co-wife as a wife. Uh, then a case of sota. question is, does uh, sota exempt your co-wife? And finally, a co-wife of a remarried divorcee. All right, one by one. So the first case is um, someone does chalitza and then actually does kiddushin. We saw this is subject to a machaloket, what is the status of the other brothers. So here's the case. Noven is married to two women uh, and then he dies. Shimon does chalitza first to any one of them, to Rachel. And then after he does chalitza, he then does kiddushin with the same person. And that is prohibited. Um, because says um, yivne, he uh, he he already violated, uh, not rebuilding, and he has to rebuild through yibum. And so once he does not do that, so then he cannot go and take her again. Um, however, this is a lower prohibition of uh, just a love uh, whereas the, the originally, if it was just a sister, it was a regular sister, no, be cut it would be karet. So for Shimon, he goes down to a lav that he um, uh, that he violated. For the other brothers, however, what is their status? So uh, according to the Biyo they also are a lav, right? They also had, they could have done ibum and uh, Shimon or chalitza. Shimon did chalitza for them. And so since he's like a shaliach, they all have the same status of a lav. For uh, once you do chalitza, then um, uh, then uh, uh, any further relationship with her, uh, intimate relationship would be a a, a love according to Bi'ochanan. Resh Lakish, however, says no, no. They go back to their karet status because it was, after all, their brother's sister, their brother's wife, and that is karet. So only it would only be temporarily uh, permitted uh, for ibum. But that's it. Once Shimon does Chalitza, they become Karet. So they're Karet, even though Shimon is a love. Okay, so that was the Machloket we saw. Uh, And then on the previous stuff, we questioned this from a Baraita. Because the Baraita seems self-contradictory. The beginning of the Baraita says, someone that uh, someone who does, uh, if, if, if uh, in this case where Shimon, then after, uh, afterwards Shimon dies, right? What would happen? Well, if it's in Isur Karet, then uh, there would be no no need to do Yibum or Khalitsa because Isur Karet. That's it. There's no uh, there's no connection at all. And yet this badaita says you have to do Halitza. Uh, so therefore, that that shows. That, that follows it to be Yochanan's opinion. It's only a love. And that's why we have to do chalitza, because even though it's a love, still that creates a zika. Um, but then, so that was the question. And the answer, the Shlakish answer said, look at the sefa of that same Badaita, that if one of them, one of the brothers, goes and does Kiddushin anyway, even though he's not supposed to, um, and the uh, Alav Kilum, it's no Kiddushin at all, it does not take effect. It only doesn't. wouldn't take effect if it was Isur Karet. So the sefa follows Reshlakish. And so that is the question, how do we deal with this contradiction between the Resha and the Sefa? We saw one answer is that maybe the Sefa is following Rabbi Akiva, because he thought that even in Isur Lav, if one does Kiddushin, it does not take effect. Um, The problem is that it should say it follows uh, Rabbi Akiva. Uh, and this doesn't say that. So therefore, we're looking for two more answers. So here we go. The Rasha says the brothers must do chalitza. That follows Biyochanan. The Sefa says if a brother does kidushin does not take effect. That follows the to How are we going to reconcile it? So now we're going to see two ways to reconcile it. Now Vashem is going to say, the whole Baraita follows the shakish. That's fine for the Sefa. How about the Resha? He's going to have to explain that that follows a different minority opinion of Rabbi Shim'on, which we'll explain. Ravina is going to say that the entire Baraita follows Rabbi Yochanan. So the Resha is simple. And the Sefa is the Rabbanan who go against Rabbi Shim'on. All right, we'll see what that means here. She thinks the whole Baraita follows kerebi Shim'on. And he'll explain it by following Rabbi Shimon. he explained the whole Baraita is following Rabbi Shimon. That's just and he can explain everything that they're, that uh, the Baraita is following Rabbanan, not Rabbi Shimon. Okay, here we'll explain now. Shimon. So explaining as follows, when the case is talking about someone who does Halitza to his Yavama, and then after he does Halitza, he does Kiddushin, when it says there that you have to do Halitza, if that brother dies himself, then, then other brothers would have to do Halitza, and we questioned uh, why, according to after all, shouldn't need So the brothers, oh, we're not talking about brothers that were alive at the same time as the original uh, brother that died, but rather brothers that are born afterwards um, and were following Rabbi Shimon. Uh, brother, remember, the Bishimon is the one that is lenient on such a case of the brothers that are born afterwards that they uh, never become prohibited. Let's um, uh, explain it. Let's go back and review what the Bishimon said. Uh, he's talking about a case where Reuven is married to Esther and Reuven dies. And then Shimon performs Yibum. After Shimon performs Yibum, Levi is born. So Levi was not alive at the same time as Reuven. Because he was not alive, it says, Ki achim one can only perform yibum if they are alive at the same time. And therefore, Levi was never, never had the possibility of performing yibum. And so the rabbanan say, because he can never perform yibum, he remains, it uh, remains a sister-in-law, it's Reuven's wife, and, uh, and Levi is therefore permanently prohibited to her. Even though he wasn't alive at the same time, actually because he wasn't alive at the same time, he couldn't do you, do you boom, so that's permanently prohibited even after Shimon dies uh, Levi would not be able to perform Yibum. However, Rabbi Shimon says that once a person is born, we don't take into account anything that happened before they were born. And so when Levi's born, he doesn't know anything about Ruven. He never met him. And so it doesn't matter that Uven was married to Esther. All he knows is that his brother, living brother Shimon, is married to Esther. So that's a regular case of a sister. in law Shimon dies, regular case of Yibum. So Rabbi Shimon says Levi is permitted to take her. OK, so that's how um, Rav Asher will explain our case. We're talking about a case uh, s- same as this one. We'll just add one more brother here. Uh, that Oven married Rachel and died and Shimon took her. At, sorry, at that point, uh, she would be um, prohibited to Levi, let's say, who was a living brother uh, the whole time uh, because of Isur Karet. Shimon did Khalisa. Did and then Kiddushin, right? That's our case, Khalitsa and Kiddushin. And so, therefore, he, would, he is prohibited by Yesu'llah, according to Reshakish, Isur Karet for Levi. However, that would not apply to Yehuda because Yehuda was not around at the time. And so, therefore, Yehuda would have to do Khalitsa. That's the case that so we're talking about that uh, the, the resha is Rebi on, And now Rav will have no problem explaining the sefa, which is will uh, easily follow resha kish uh, as follows. If one of those kids uh, who, who was born after, uh, in other words, uh, Yehuda, uh, would after Shimon did this, go ahead and do kidushin. So in that case, um, there is no, uh, there is nothing, nothing happens uh, because he is an Isur uh, Karet, uh, f- f- according to the Shalakishin, so Sur karet, the marriage does not take effect. All right, that was all Rav Ashe. Now we'll explain everything. According to Ravina, Savalak Reb Yochanan, he thinks the whole beraita can follow Yochanan. Under Ari he doesn't have to go to the Bishimon. He can follow the Rabbanan, but he's still f- explaining that the whole case is talking about uh, a brother who was born. After the original, the first brother died, and here's the case: someone who does chalitza and then does kiddushin, and that person dies. So you have to do uh, the brothers have to do have to do MAN ACHIM ACHIN HANOLADIIN KEMAN KEREBIOCHANAN So which brothers? Brothers that were born afterwards. And this would follow the Actually, according to the it wouldn't matter. Any brothers would be isureh lav, and therefore would have to do Halitzaf, their second brother died. Uh, So the first clause is easy for the Biyochanan. The second clause needs explanation. AMAD ECHAD MIN LA KELUM KEMAN if one of the surviving brothers, uh, meaning uh, here we're still talking about a case of uh, a one that's born after the Uvan died, like Yehuda here, if he goes ahead and does kiddushin. Um, then this uh, this would be a, a, a and does kiddushin um, after uh, Shimon dies this uh, this kiddushin would not be valid at all even though the Bi'ochanan says it's a, a just nisur lav so for Levi being nisur lav so he does kiddushin so okay that's a, that would it would take effect but uh, we, we have we're, but the one that's born after according to Rabbanan um, it remains in the sur karet because he retains that relationship with Reuven. That's Reuven's original wife and because of his original wife and he was not available to perform yibum when Reuven died because he wasn't born yet. Therefore, he remains with that original prohibition of karet. And that's why the sefa is talking about a case of uh, is, uh, Kiddushin does not take effect because talking about the children, uh, that's the, the child that's, not, that's born after the original brother dies. Okay, so in order to make two and three work, we have to uh, limit the original case, uh, the, the Braita, uh, that says when it's about brothers, it's so only talking about brothers who are born after the Uven had died, which is quite a limitation of the Braita, but is um, uh, very difficult to find a way of reconciling the Resha and the Sefa in any other way. All right, so that, uh, that concludes that case. And so now we have another, uh, another question. Itmar. Uh, someone who takes his uh, Yevama, and I mean, he performs Yibum. And then uh, another of the brothers. Comes and takes the co-wife. Now, once you do yibum with one sister, that's it. The co-wife is is prohibited. Uh, so, uh, under what uh, what prohibition would that second brother uh, actually violate? Ravina says he violates. His violation is sur karet. Uh, we're going to say this is going to follow Resh Lakish, uh, because uh, he says that once one brother performs Yibum or Halitza, the all the other brothers revert back to their original prohibition, uh, which is Karet, because that's their brother's wife. Uh, but the other opinion says only violates an asse. Which asse? Well, it comes from this Pasuk, which says, um, if he does Halitza, he, she says, la'ish <laughs> asheh lo yivneh. He does not build his brother's house. We learn from here that only one house can be built in memory of the brother, but not two. So once one, one, one brother does yibum, uh, then the second brother is violating this. But this is an ase Even though it's uh, formulated as he did not do that, we learn from what he should, he did not do, what he's supposed to do. Uh, he's supposed to build one house and not two houses. So he violated an ase which is uh, lesser, much less lesser than Karet. Okay, good. So now that we know that, we're going to relate it to the previous Machlok. The one who said Karet, that, follows shakish, that all the other brothers revert to uh, their Karet status that they had before the availability of ibum. The one who says Aser, that would make sense according to the Now, Now they have this uh, new status. They're not Karet anymore. Um, he says they're just a lav. So if one uh, would go and do kiddushin with one of the, uh, with the co-wife, uh, then he is um, not, does not have karet, but is merely violating this ase. And that is the, uh, that's, that takes care of the second uh, case that we're going to talk about. And so next is a question about a sota. Uh, does she exempt her co-wife? In other words, if a man is married uh, to two women and one of his wives becomes a sota. As different types of sota, either she uh, for sure committed adultery, or he's not sure if, he could, if she committed adultery. In any case, she would be prohibited uh, to her husband until uh, such cases as, clar- as that's clarified by his t- sota ritual. Should he die before the sota ritual is done, uh then the question is what's well her status is going to be prohibited to the to do to do Yibum, uh, because she is prohibited. But the question is, is that prohibition rise to the level uh that it would also exempt her co-wife or not? Okay, we're gonna see a challenge from two cases: a challenge from a returning husband case and a challenge from a braita that does require Khalitsa. So let's see the case. Amar Rav Amar Rav. So this is a statement of Rav. Sarat Sota Asura. He says that the the co-wife of a Sota is in fact forbidden, uh, and uh, therefore, if that husband died, uh, that Sota and her rival wife are exempt from chalitza and yibum. Uh, do not do anything. This would be similar to the cases of the fifteen uh, different relations that we saw in our Mishnah. Okay, uh, why? Uh, so uh, because regarding sotah it says this so is It says the word tameh and regarding all of the adayot it says you know don't do like uh, Mitzray, the, the other nations do uh, like mitzrayim kit to mitzrayim um, and it says the word tameh regarding uh, the, regarding those adayot. And so, therefore, since it says tameh regarding adayot and it says tameh regarding sota, so both have the same level, same status, and surely one would not be able to do uh, uh, yibum or chalitza with the sota, and therefore uh, makes sense that would not could not do it and, and do not have to do anything for her co-wife. All right, good. But now we have a question. Mativ Rav Chistha. Rav Shimon, Omer. Biata o me'echav shel rishon po teret Rav is challenging Rav from a fascinating case that we're gonna see uh, later in the 10th pitak of Yevamot, which is, uh, you have a man and woman happily married. The man goes away on a trip or maybe to war, And does not come back. And there is some testimony. Someone testifies that they saw, I I saw your husband, he died. On the basis of that testimony, she remarries thinking that the the husband is dead. Turns out a little while later, her first husband returns. That testimony was false. But now she's in big trouble because she is actually still married to the first husband. uh, But she performed the whole marriage ceremony and lived with the second husband. So this is similar to a sota case, although this is completely uh, 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 by mistake. Uh, nevertheless, uh, she was with another man. Now, regarding that case, uh, the, the halakha is that she has to divorce both of them. Uh, but let's say the first husband dies. So Debi Shimon says, if, she, if a first husband dies and has a brother and they have no children, um, he has no children. So that brother, if he does Yibum or halitza, um then the co-wife of this man, this first husband who also had another wife, uh she doesn't have to do anything at all. What you see from Rabbi Shimon's opinion is that in the case of this uh poor woman who's uh, who was married to a second and then the first one returned he dies as she does have to perform Yibu Mukhalitsa, and so would the co-wife. Uh, so by the by someone performing ibun Khalitsa, the co-wife is uh, is by her doing for ibum the co-wife does not have to do it. But see, do you see that both she and the co-wife are obligated? There is a zikah. and just like the zikah in this case, so too, in the case of Sota, which is a similar case, also would require. Uh, you bore more and this goes against Rav, who says that the co wife uh does not have to do uh chalitza because she's Tame, like everybody, else, like because she's called Tame. All right, so it's a really powerful question. So Rav says, just oh, two different cases completely. I was talking about sota midde oraita where. Um, where the, uh, the, the wife uh, went and she was with another man and um, it's uh, completely prohibited. But you're telling me at the Rabbanan case because she got married based on testimony, and it was a complete mistake. So this is not called a situation of sota deoraita. It's only like a sota that the rabbis came and said, uh, "Listen, we're in a tough spot. We can't really get let her go back to the first one because she was kind of married to the second one, and so on." So mitzir they say, "Okay, you have to divorce both and uh, perform chalitza." Um, but uh, this uh, that's only a derabanan case, and yes, yeah, so in that case you'd have to, but in my case is a sotah deoraita. that's a much stronger prohibition, and that prohibition rises to the level like the other adayot, and is called Tame. All right, so that is such a good answer that we say, what were you thinking in the first place? Right, why, the person that asked this question, what were you asking? And the answer is Rabanan, an important principle that whenever the rabbis make a takana, they make their takana in a similar uh, pattern to the oraita laws. And so then therefore you might think that even this Rabanan would be the same as the oraita the law. On the other hand, you know, do the rabbis have that power to even uproot the need to do so or not? So, anyway, we would have thought that there might be a difference, and uh, uh, we, mo- we might have thought that it might be the same. And so, Rav needs to come and say, no, it's, uh, in fact, it is different. Okay, so that solves that problem. And now, uh, Rav is going to be challenged by Rav Ashe, Mativ Rav uh, Ashe, on the basis of this paraita. Um, uh, you have someone, a woman, whose uh, husband warned her, he says, uh, you know, don't be with that guy. And she goes and she's uh, in private. With that person uh, for enough time that they could have sinned. Asura uh, she may not go back to her husband and uh, she's forbidden for her to her husband. Asura lechol she can, if she was a bat Israel, married to a kohen while she's married, she can eat terumah. But in this case, since she's kicked out of the house. So she can no longer rely on the husband, Kohen's, Kohen husband's exemption, uh, permission to eat tirumah. So no more turah for her. If, he, if, if she dies, if he dies, then you have to do khalitsa and not yibum. Okay, so now this is a case of sota, and yet you have to do khalisa, uh, whereas Rav said that you do not apply anything, no zika at all. That's a good question. I was talking about a case where she definitely committed adultery. In that case, that's so bad that there's no zikah at all. But you're telling me a case where it was almost, she was warned and she was in private, but we don't know what the situation was and we need the sota ceremony to go and verify it. So in that case, there there is still a zikah. Uh, when he dies. So now we ask a question about that, what, what Rav's answer, and we say, what, What's the difference between them? You're saying when this is for sure sota, it says the word tum'a. Okay, we saw that uh, that word uh In the case of sota safek, name We're gonna show in this following Biraita that even in a case, we do apply the word tameh. Let's see, uh Okay, the proof is gonna be from the next uh, source, but we're bringing the whole Baraita. And we're gonna see now a in- very interesting opinion of Rabbi Yosef Ben Um In general, there's a prohibition for someone, uh, if a couple gets divorced and she goes and remarries another man, uh, and divorces the second one, then she is prohibited from coming back to the first. Okay, everyone agrees with that. Um, the question here is that let's say they get divorced. She goes and does kidushin only with a second man. And then they she changes her mind, so Kiddushin, let's say, you know, not by uh, not by a by, uh, uh, ring, and then they change their mind, and she gets a get, because you need a get to get out of Kiddushin, and now she wants to come back to her first husband. Uh, is that permitted or not? So the Bi'oseh ben Kippar says... Um, If it's from Nisuin Asura, from Edusin, it's okay. Why? Because the Pasuk in Devarim regarding this says, I'll show you the Pasuk here. The first husband who sent her away cannot take her back to be his wife. Because she was already defiled. So that means only in the case when she has already been defiled, meaning that she had relations with the, sec- she, with the second husband, that, that there, there was nisuin with the second husband. I mean, that was permitted at that time. It's just the problem is now she come back to the first husband. So uh, then in, in consideration of the first husband, that is, uh, a, a def- that is defilement to him. And uh, that would be a to'eva. Um, and so we should not do this. So since it says, that would only be after nisuin and not after kiddushin. Okay, so that's to be and ben opinion, which we're going to come back to in a few minutes. asur. no, it doesn't matter if a person, if a husband divorces his wife, as long as he's not a kohen, he can take her back as long as she was not with anybody else in between. But Hachamim say if she did kiddushin with a second man, even if only kiddushin, and then leaves him and does and gets a get, still prohibited. Okay, so according to that, Okay, what does he do with those words? Oh, here's how he reads the pasuk totally differently. He says, the, brother, the, the first husband cannot take her back. Period. And so, this uh, by itself teaches that he cannot take her back at all. And therefore, it doesn't matter if it was only Kiddushin or also Nisu'in. We learn that from the first half of the Pasuk by itself. So, the Shutama, he doesn't need, he doesn't apply to this case of Mahazil Girushato. Instead, these words in blue, the Rabbanan say, are talking about a different case altogether. It's talking about a Sota case. That Sota, who Shinistera. Um, uh, an uncertain sota case that also the husband may not be with her. That's what Chabim say this is talking about. What we see from this whole baraita is that even an uncertain sota case, because they do take these words out of context, even an uncertain sota case is called tameh. And so, therefore, back to Rav, Rav, you said that sota is only only vaday sota. Are uh, you saying your law, but not safek sota? What's the difference? Safek sota also says tameh. So if safek sota is uh, you have to do Halitza, then then uh, then a vaday sota also you would need to do Halitza. Okay, that's the question. Um, and omei nistera niv ala. Wait a second. How can you even say that this is uh, that this is what it means? After all, in the pasuk. Uh, back in Sota, it says so Venistera means it was secluded. Doesn't that mean that it was uh, not certain what happened? And we say, no, it means Niva'allah. The case, the Pasuk in the Sota context in Bimid Bad 5 is talking about the Safik and the, the, the Pasuk, the extra words in Mahzil Kudushatar, talking about the Badai. And so even though it says nistera, this is for sure Niva'allah. Wait, then So why are you saying nisterah it's for sure? It was just in private. The pasuk wants to have, say, nice language. We don't want to talk about the details of what happened in private there, but we're assuming it was a v'adai. Okay. tum'a v'hi nitmet. No, but uh, uh, we have in that very same pasuk, nistarah hi It says he nitme'a. It says that she was defiled. So there you go. You have a Vaday case in the context of Sota itself. So then, what do I need the other uh, pasuk for? Uh, the one in the Machazik Gedushata, and the answer is lemakam ala belav. Oh, to teach that the punishment of alav. Because we only had one of these pasukim, I would know it's prohibited, but I didn't know. We don't know what there's a punishment. So if I say alav, then I know that there's going to be malkut. Uh, okay. Kifad, Okay, we 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 uh, um, uh, resolved the problem. At this point, the challenge uh, challenge to Rav's opinion is sustained, and uh, does not pro- we do not provide an uh, an answer to it. Uh, presumably, Rav would have to uh, disagree with one of the presumptions of the readings that we uh, just saw. Uh, but now that we mentioned the uh, how we interpret these pesukim, we're going to turn to explain them according to uh, Rabbi Yose uh, ben Kifar. Rabbi Yose ben Kifar la besota let le. Amazing opinion, he says that um, if someone uh, takes his sota and has relations with her, or even if it's a zinut, she for sure committed adultery and he takes her, the husband uh, takes her back. There is no love uh, at all. Uh, he says the reason is because the Pasuk regarding Machazir uh, emphasizes that she goes and she goes and is with another man and he takes her. So only if. She, um, she is divorced and she uh, marries fully another man, Kiddushin and Nisu'in, and then divorces him and goes back to her first husband. That's the only case where we have a love, but in all other cases, we do not, not, not even Sota, not s- Sota uh, Safek, and not even Sota Vadai. All right, and so that concludes the, uh, the third uh, question about a sotah exempts a co-wife and now uh, last topic uh, of co-wife of a remarried divorcee. We're going to see two versions of the question, and then an attempted proof that's permitted attempt to prove that this is prohibited. All right, let's see the question. Ha mi she Umet. Sadata mahu. Let's say someone uh, divorces his wife. She marries someone else, gets divorced, comes back to her first, even though this this is a love. Uh, So therefore, it's it's prohibited. But if he does it, the marriage takes effect. Now, he dies. Uh, What will be the status of the co-wife is she going to require uh presumably the uh she herself is prohibited to the brothers but what about the co-wife is there any chalitza at all so we're going to ask uh, uh clarify the question ali <speaking> bad did it be kipad said ben kippard latiba elach given them are be a seven keep out um uh uh, so according to Biyose, uh, we're not gonna even ask him, asking the question, according to Yose ben uh, because he a, explained that the word Tum'ah uh, in this pasuk in varim is referring to this these pasukim are in context. Uh, he's, he follows the Peshat, and therefore someone who takes back his divorcee is called Tameh. So we already saw, anytime it says the word tum'a, just like in Sota, just like in the Arayot, um, uh, therefore, this is all of them would be the same law and are prohibited, and their sota uh, is exempt. So for sure, sota would be exempt according to Yosef ben Kipar. And maybe you'll tell me, oh, but look at the next word. It says toevah he, and so he sounds like. Perhaps only the, that wife is a to'eva, cannot be married. But maybe you're going to think that this will exclude the co-wife. The co-wife is not to'eva. And so you would have to do chalitza with the co-wife. He to'eva, no, don't learn that. He to'eva ben baneha to'avin. But this is coming to limit, not a co-wife, but rather... The children uh, from that marriage, you might think maybe the children would be mamzerim or prohibited to a kohen. So no, only he is, only she is a problem, but not any of the children. Ha sarata to eva. Uh, So, but the sarah, the her co, the co-wife, is in fact. Uh, is in fact included with Toaiva is Tameh and therefore totally exempt. So good. So according to this the everyone's totally exempt. So on the one hand, perhaps uh, we'll say according to the even though he interpreted the word tum'a in this pasuk, he said, I don't need the word tameh here because they're they're actually. Stringent regarding that it applies even to someone who didn't do nisu'in, only kiddushin. And so he takes these words out of context and says they're talking about sota. Nevertheless, even though they say these words are really applying to uh, sota, which is a very difficult uh, midrash, like just taking them out of context, even they would agree with the principle that. Mikra, a verse cannot be taken out of its context. Um, even though they do take it out of its context. And so yes, it also applies to uh to sota, but it doesn't completely remove it from the context, it also can has to be read here, and therefore Machazikirus is in fact called. Tameh, and so they would agree right with bin um, Kipad that both she and the co-wife are uh, she is prohibited and the co-wife is exempt. or Dilma. Kevan de'i akar, i or maybe not. Maybe once you make a certain derasha and you take the words out of context, they're totally uprooted from their context. And it doesn't say en mikra yoseh uh, mikra yoseh Okay, so that's all one version of asking the question. Now, before we answer it, we're going to see another version of the question. Right? According to the first version, um, the question is we're uh, only within the rabbanan. Uh, others say, no, don't ask the question according to Rabbanan. We're going to assume the second. Rabbanan took it out of context. That's it. It's out of context. And therefore, she's not called Tameh. And therefore, you would have to do Halitza with the co-wife the only question is al bad to be seven kipart mine afagabda Kipar seven kipart to ma bmahazel girusha to hud khativa mi'at rahmaana he toeba when sarata toeba as true even the kipas reading it in context and it says uh that uh, she is the one that's tame um uh, so that according to that yes the the wife herself who, who he returned, the, uh, the return divorcee, she is tameh and therefore exempt from yibumor chalitza. But the next words, he to'eva, maybe that means only the wife herself is to'eva, but the co-wife of the first husband uh, is not to'eva and would be permitted, and therefore the surviving brothers have to do chalitza, or maybe no, it means that uh, it's, it comes to exclude the children, that they're okay, but the co-wife um, would be prohibited, and so therefore would be exempt from chalitza. So that's the two sides of the question, According, uh, and the question is within the Ribi Oseb Kippar. All right, so we're going to give a try to provide an answer. Amale, two answers. Amale, teni tu ha, oh, so we have a braita. So this braita says that um, if a, 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 a man dies and she had he has he had two wives and now the yavam comes and now one of the co wives is Kosher and one is not kosher, is invalid. Now, what does this mean, valid and not valid? We're going to try to figure out. Um, but the point of the baraita is that if he's going to do chalitza, do chalitza to the one that's already invalid. If you can do yibum, then do yibum to the one who is kosher. Okay, so now what does this mean? If you say that, um, uh, kosher means that she can marry anyone, including a Kohen. And paspisula means she cannot marry a Kohen. But for the Yavam, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a Kohen can do Yibum. Uh, she's not a divorcee. She's a, a widow. And so Kohen can do Yibum. So if for him, what does it matter if she could marry a Kohen or couldn't marry a Kohen? makes no difference to him. He should be able to Yibum Ha'al on whoever he wants. So it can't be that. That's what it means. Must mean that one of the co-wives is kosher to him, to the yavam himself, and one is not permitted to him. Well, how could you have such a case? Oh, in machazir, in the case of machazir Gidusha, if one of the wives was a divorce was her previously divorcee that 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 uh, dead uh, husband uh, remarried. Then that woman would be Pesula, and that means the other one is Kesherah. If you can do Yibum, do the Keshara, means the co wife, which means that there is a Zika to a co wife of a returned divorcee. Uh, and so the, there you go. The answer is that yes, you'd have to do Yibum or Chalitza to a, a co wife of, of a uh, returned divorcee. Okay, that's uh, good proof. No, not necessarily. We're going to go back to original interpretation. When this man uh, who died, is married, in fact, to two uh, women. It's not talking about a case of Machazir Giddush shato. it has nothing to do with us. And uh, And your question was, uh, was if, it's, uh, if he's allowed to marry both of them, uh, either one of them, he could do, do Yibum with, or Chalisa, with either, what does it matter to him if one can marry a Kohen and the other cannot marry a Kohen? i have an answer to that. A very good answer. A beautiful principle. right? If you have water uh, that you don't need anymore, you should not pour it out and waste it because, oh, I don't need it, so let me waste it. Maybe someone else needs it. right? Don't throw it out. Be considerate to others. What is the application of that to this? The answer, the answer is you have two women here. Let's say he's going to do chalitza. The, uh, uh, the the Yavam. is going to do Chalitza. Now, if you do Chalitza to the woman who is, who can marry a Kohen, well, once you do Chalitza, Chalitza is like being divorced. And so she will be then become, she will then become prohibited from being with a Kohen. And so now you're taking someone who could have married a Kohen and making her a Pesula. So if you can do Chalitza, what does it matter to you who you do Chalitza with? You may as well do Chalitza to the Pesula. She, can already, she already cannot marry kohen. Let's say she was already divorced from a previous marriage. So then you're not changing her status. So in other words, even though it doesn't matter to you, you don't care, but at least don't ruin uh, a situation for someone else, right? There's maybe someone else needs the water. Maybe not, Maybe there's a kohen out there who wants to marry the Kishara, so don't uh, cause her to become Pesula. And on the other hand, if you're going to do yiboom with one, with, with one of them, and it doesn't matter to you which one you're going to, with whom you're going to perform yiboom. Um, um, so uh, in that case, um, you, you may as well uh, do yiboom, right? Then, well, you could do um, either one that you prefer. Nevertheless, the point is that if he prefers the keshera, then there's no reason not to uh, uh, do ibum with the keshera, because uh, then she'll be happily married. And pisula was pasu pisula in any case. Uh, and so, uh, in conclusion, this this class this case has nothing to do with machazi gedushata, and therefore it is irrelevant and cannot be brought as a uh, as an answer. And so now we bring uh, one last one. We'll just uh, look here on the. Uh, right, the case of someone who's remarried, and, uh, remar- co-wife of remarried divorcee was the question, and we're going to bring another attempted proof that's prohibited, although this will be rejected as well. Tashema machazigedushatom misheni setive The Brayta says that someone who returns his divorcee um, after she got married and then he dies, uh, so the surviving brother has to perform chalitza both with her and her and the co-wife. Uh, So, now, what does this mean? Both, you have to do chalitza twice, you don't have to do chalitza on one woman, no, what it means to say is, either one. So, here's a proof that, yes, you have to do chalitza for the co-wife, now, uh, and her too, uh, although it's, so, yes, there is a zikah now our, now we reject this what do you do just do you already had to change the words in order to just explain the brata at all so once you're changing the words because there's something wrong with the way it was transmitted so, tariz so explain it and uh, explain it and change the words as follows you can say here you can say as follows she um, herself has to do a chalitza. the co-wife can do a chalitza or yibum, and so this brayta does not uh, has not have a uh, a definitive conclusion about whether you the co-wife you can be can perform uh, yibum um, because you could read it this, you you could read it um, as uh, saying that no you have to do chalitza or you could read it as saying that the co-wife could do yibum and so we leave this case without any resolution. The like, Gamana continues with yet another version of the same question uh, and several more proofs, but this goes well into the next staff. So we stop here. Baruch Adonai l'olam. Amen. V'amen.